1: So many respects. That opening piece of music today is on the money. Good evening on this 20th day of the month. Jeffrey Bennett, Perspectives on America. An hour ago, I could have just said to hell that I'm going to (laughs) sleep. I've had a crazy day I still have not gotten everything I've got a couple of clients I'm trying to deal with and I've not had time to fit them in it's just insane music selections chosen for today's two hour program will be unusual I don't recall that I've ever played any of them they're all by the same artist and they all fit Times are changing. Yeah. Tennessee Congressman Mark Green recently said that our country and our Congress is broken beyond most means of repair. I have come to realize, he said, that our fight is not here within Washington, our fight is with Washington. It makes one look back to the words of the man that, in my personal opinion, was probably the last decent human being that resided in the White House, not because of the party that he belonged to. He spent a good number of his years a member of the Democratic Party and for some reason decided to... Switch to Republican. It doesn't matter in most instances. We all know that. Ronald Reagan stated that in this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem, government is the problem. And those words were spoken by Reagan on January the 20th, 1981, in his first inaugural address. And we were reminded of those words recently when Mark Green had stated what I opened with. That I've come to realize our fight is not here within Washington. Our fight is with Washington. At the conclusion of Reagan's first inaugural address, he spoke of the challenge then that confronted us. And he stated that it does require our best effort and our willingness to believe in ourselves and to believe in our capacity to perform great deeds. To believe that together, with God's help, we can and will resolve the problems which now confront us. and well, I submit that today's challenges are even greater And with men like Green and Gallagher leaving behind a broken Congress, it's hard to share the the Gipper's optimism for fixing things. What do you mean Green and Gallagher leaving behind a broken Congress? They both openly stated that because of the fact that Congress is broken, they're done, they're finished. And they're not the only ones. There's a good number of Republicans that have said, that's it, I'm done, I'm finished. Strangely enough, there's a good number of Democrats that have said the same thing. Are they making those decisions because they believe they cannot possibly get reelected, or Because maybe some of these people that have announced that they'll not run for re-election... That maybe there are more good people in Congress than we know of. And the fact that they've just said enough is enough. They don't want to be a part of this crap anymore. It's unbelievable, my friends. What we're facing, what we're going through. I look at more and more horrendous... Uh, Headlines each and every day, each and every hour. I mean, I I, I I can give you some that, and these are not stories I'm going to cover today. New York City's migrant debit cards are costing far more than Eric Adams claimed and are propped up by inexperienced Jersey-based bank that he's been looking for something to do since the campaign. 53 Million dollar program is meant to save the city money, but it's all going out to $10,000 per migrant, according to a new report. Another headline Republican recess has become a sharp weapon for the White House. It's problematic. I understand that the Republican Party may just decide we're going to take a recess and get away from this for a while. The problem is is that unless enough of them control what takes place within Congress... Can't they not be overridden by any decisions that are made while they take their little vacation? This is insane. A lot of this has to do with the funding for Ukraine, of course. People are getting to have enough of this nonsense. Interesting piece that was sent to me. A child trafficking camp has been discovered in Arizona. And it's located on the Clinton Foundation donor CMEX, C E M E X, property. This is insane. What other headlines we got? Joe Biden proposes to seize certain patents. Are going to seize patents? from institutions that take funding from tax dollars. Joey's just, well, we know who's guiding him. We'll have more on that story a little bit later. Another headline, government shutdown is possible as lawmakers depart Washington. 13-day break they're going to take. How interesting. But a potential government shutdown awaits upon their return? But despite that impending crisis, it's not a top concern for either Washington or Wall Street. Does this ever stop? There's another piece that I've got to pay a little bit more attention to. There are bills that are being submitted that would block the use of Veterans Administration resources for illegal aliens medical care? Excuse me, I spent four and a half years. I am a veteran. I don't want my damn money going to take care of illegals. My benefits, etc., etc. This is insane, people. Hmm. <laughs> What's this one? Oh. This is a marvelous one. This is this is something Joey's been sticking his nose into. From gas stoves to dishwashers and now laundry detergent. How home appliances are in the crosshairs of America's green crackdown. But what does the evidence actually show about their effect on emissions? Ha! Unbelievable. I would give anything to have a gas stove. I hate the freaking electric stoves or the pits. What else we got from the economic side? Pork prices have risen 42% in the last month as new animal welfare law takes effect. What the hell is an animal welfare law? Oh, that's right. Because they want us eating pork that's made from vegetables. Got to take care of Bill Gates. Yeah. This is unbelievable. Psh. The USDA is expecting farm income to plummet in 2024. It's already happening. In many respects because of the reasons I just shared with you. My wife went out and bought what she thought was meat the other day. I said, did you look at the label? It's all vegetable. It's made to look like meat. It's made to allegedly taste like meat, but it doesn't. As a matter of fact, she cooked with it. and As far as I'm concerned, it tasted like... I won't use that word on the air. Uh, Not that I haven't used the other word, bull... You know, blah, 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 but we're not going to do it. Interesting article on deportation. Mass deportation, according to this article, it can be done. I mean, it's going to be difficult to get tens of millions of illegals out of the country. If there was some fear of that happening, the Democrat Party would rise up and steal as much of the American taxpayers' money as is necessary to protect this future constituency of theirs. Corporations that want cheap labor would press politicians with threats of reduced campaign money. Everybody knows politicians love other people's money more than they love anything else. The illegals themselves would disappear under the rocks, into the holes in the ground, into every cavity and crevice they could find to escape escape de- deportation. All they would then need to do is occasionally find their way to the nearest Democratic Party, run welfare office, get their money, and disappear again. But look at the number of headlines I'm finding. They ain't got no problem getting money. But removing these people from America will be a Herculean task. Democrats know that, and they're chuckling all the way to the mail-in ballot box. What do you mean, the mail-in? You mean, you mean the illegals are going to be casting votes? That's right. That's what it's all about. But then the Democrats and the uniparty deep state clique, they don't give a... They don't care a thing in the world about the American people except on election day or now, election weeks. They only care about the power and the money. Now, that's an interesting thing. I came across a story the other day that kind of is a follow-up to the little story I just introduced you to. A recent immigrant and non citizen is now the newest member of the San Francisco Elections Committee. What? She's a recent immigrant, she's a non citizen, and she's a member of the San Francisco Elections Commission? Well, showing its complete disdain for citizenship and the rights that go with citizenship, San Francisco has appointed a non-citizen who has not even lived in this country for five years to its election commission. Her name is Kelly Wong. She can't even vote. But she's now one of the people charged with overseeing and creating policy for San Francisco's Department of Elections. Her name is Kelly Wong. Oh, it is something a Wong here. You see, back in 2020, San Francisco voters approved a measure holding that people no longer needed to be citizens to serve on San Francisco's advisory bodies or boards or commissions, all of which are appointed positions. And that opened the door for Wong to start having a say in how a San Franciscans vote. What's just happened in San Francisco is another step in the left's overall goal of erasing citizenship entirely. Leftists think that Americans are spoiled, entitled, white people who refuse to get with the program and vote in full socialism. And therefore, they're chipping away at American votes through unlimited illegal immigration, non-citizen voting, election fraud, and as in Wong's case, handing the keys to the kingdom to people who have no ties to America and no legal right to have a say in it. You think i jest with all of this? I got a video we published on uh, FederalObserver.com. By the way, all these headlines and these little brief little stories I'm sharing with you, they're all published on FederalObserver.com today. Boston. Boston, Massachusetts. Their migrant shelter luxury. In Massachusetts, the state now pays $16 for breakfast. $17 17 for lunch, and $31 for dinner to illegals who live in hotels for free after they've entered the U.S. illegally. You think it's the only state that's tolerating this? New York's doing it. Chicago's doing it. And new documents show that the rising public cost of sheltering migrants in Massachusetts and around the rest of the country and these states and this nation is grappling with a strain on emergency shelter systems. And Massachusetts has 17 contracts totaling $116 million to house migrant families through the month of June. And that includes a no-bid $10 million dollar contract for a company providing meals. Last August, Massachusetts Governor Mara T. Healey declared a state of emergency saying that the state had more than 20,000 migrants in its shelter system. Mara T. Healy is, is she the is she the lesbian governor? I had a friend, my friend Paul yesterday, who lives in Massachusetts, and I think it's what he told me about her. Of course, the city officials in Boston are keeping their eyes peeled for the next building they can seize and transform into a shelter for migrants. These stories don't end. We open with this piece talking about Congress being broken. and I scroll down and I begin to look at it's not just Congress it's America it's all going to hell so often we get asked if the left is that incompetent no they're not incompetent they know exactly what they're doing and why Which begs the question of why anyone would want to be in a position of power in a country that they obviously despise. We must all look back and recall the assertion that Barack Obama made in 2008 when he says we are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States. It was quite telling that no one said, Stop. What is this transformation? What are we transforming to or from what? The crowd of mindless lemmings just went into a deranged euphoria. Those who did ask questions were dismissed, or worse, called the racist for daring to challenge an assertion of the chosen one. According to Mark Morano from the Climate Depot, bills were merely a disguised green The leftists are not dumb, crafty, cunning, diabolical in their quest to end the life cycle of the longest-running constitutional republic that the world has ever known. And they're all completely cognizant of the consequences and ramifications of their ideological agenda, but refuse to reverse course even in the face of abject failure. To them, what we constitutional Conservatives see as failure, they see as successful implementation of their agenda. What many see as insane, they see as perfectly fine. After all, the left, their mantra is, the ends justifies the means, and will be achieved by any means necessary. Under the headline of incompetence or intentional fundamental transformation of America. Oh, you can't miss that picture when you find a picture of Barack Obama flipping us the finger. And he's still doing it. Question. And it takes us back to the whole immigration nonsense. It's not immigration. It's invasion. So one has to wonder how the U.S. regime subsidizes the invasion, both legal and illegal. And over the past few months stories from both the legacy media and the independent media have continued to pile up on how undocumented foreign nationals, also known as immigrants or illegal aliens or invaders, are able to take advantage of a vast network of taxpayer-funded benefits in daycare, medical care, housing, and oh, so much more. Recently, both the New York Post and Denver Post report that these foreign nationals have overwhelmed the Denver health hospital system in denver colorado and that the situation is unsustainable and meanwhile public schools report classrooms are filling up quickly with the children of these foreign nationals and guess what they no habla ingles denver is hardly alone new york post notes that both the city of new york and the state government have expanded local welfare programs including prepaid credit cards All of which further ensures that migrants continue to receive cash and resources from American taxpayers. All of which is in addition to the approximately 66,000 foreign nationals who are housed in hotels and shelters. Care of both New York and the federal taxpayers. It's been reported that colleges across the country are receiving millions of dollars in taxpayer money to offer housing to migrants at no charge. And Chicago's mayor is bragging that he's given away $17 million in taxpayer-funded giveaways to asylum speakers who are presently living off the sweat of the taxpayers in government shelters. And that, of course, my friends, is nothing more than down payment on many more planned giveaways. You know, it's interesting. I take a look at the 49th and 50th states that were brought into this country. One of them's got some sense. It's a place I've been to four or five times, a place I thoroughly enjoy going to, Alaska. And the calls for secession have surged in Alaska. More than one-third of the people in Alaska want to separate from the U.S. And the sentiment for secession is gaining traction in Alaska. recent poll revealing over a third the state's residents are in favor of breaking away from the United States and establishing Alaska as an independent nation. Now Alaskans emerge as the most supportive of secession with 36% expressing the desire for the state to leave the union significantly surpassing the national average of 23%. And this sentiment reflects broader debates on the integrity of the U.S which frankly has no integrity any longer. But this is particularly amidst heightened political polarization. Amidst a backdrop of deep political divisions, the idea of a national divorce, as it were, gained attention in 2023, proposed by House Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene. Hmm. Of course, then you come to this piece of crap and I can't even think of her first name and I don't care Cheney she says it's worth Johnson le- losing the speakership to pass the Ukrainian aid bill He's called. she's called on Johnson to bring a bill for Ukraine aid to the House floor during an interview on the State of the Union Last Sunday. The Senate passed a bill approving funding for Ukraine in a vote last week. And a bill Johnson had already rejected last week. And the bipartisan Senate bill passed last week included $60 billion for Ukraine and another $14 billion in security assistance to Israel. All of this includes $9 billion in humanitarian aid for Gaza the West Bank, and the Ukraine, and $4.8 billion more to deter Chinese aggression in the Indo-Pacific. Chinese reiterated that Johnson should take action to, quote, help the Ukrainian people. And she said, and again, he's going to have to explain to future generations, to his kids, to his grandkids, whether or not he did what was right. Whether or not he was a force for good and aided the cause of freedom or whether he continued down this path of cowardice and doing what Trump and Russian President Putin want him to do. Now, you've got my opinions on Trump and obviously I don't have any good feelings about Putin. But these are the kind of headlines, the kind of stories that are out there and they keep coming and coming and coming. First of all, I've got no use for Cheney. She's just an arrogant, self-serving bitch. I don't know why she calls herself a Republican, or maybe she doesn't anymore, I don't know. She's a demon crap. Stick around, we'll be back.
0: My opinions are not facts. I want to ask you, is it opinion is death in tax? A dollar in, a dollar out.
2: We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects.
1: Email tom at republicbroadcasting.org, tom at republicbroadcasting.org you <laughs> Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because big tech, big pharma, and big brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet.
3: TLB Talk has has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits, so please check out our
1: site. It's the best around, and be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at tlbtalk.com and join the social media revolution. People often write to tell us, what has happened for them since starting ExtendoVite? Allow me to read a few. After taking ExtendoVite for about six months, I've noticed improvement on the numbness of my hands and wrists from the carpal tunnel syndrome. I will continue to buy product. This formula is very powerful. I am feeling much better. My heart rate and blood pressure is stabilized. My lower edema has reduced and lower leg pain due to blood clots has disappeared. This product has relieved what appears to be an angina problem. Pain in the chest after climbing stairs and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit
3: ExtendoVite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with
0: ExtendoVite.
3: Wish a buck was still silver It was back when the country was wrong Back before Elvis And before the Vietnam War came along Before the Beatles and yesterday When a man could still work, still would. It's the best of the free life behind us now. And are the good times really over for good? And are we rolling downhill like a snowball headed for hell? a chance for the flag of the liberty bell I wish a Ford and a Chevy would still last ten years like they should It's the best of the free life behind us now and
1: all that good Welcome back, my friends. That's a terrible thing to say, but I have to agree with the statement. Six more days, I will be 76 years of age. Are the good times really over for good? Oh, you can have a couple of good hours of good times. But not life any longer. Texas has decided to build a military base on the Mexican border. That's their new swipe at Biden. And the facility built on the site will be able to accommodate some 300 soldiers by April and will have the ability to expand to house up to 2,300. Think about it. This wave of illegal border crossings in recent months has made migration a key talking point in the U.S. presidential election campaign once again. What presidential election? Joey can't do anything but babble. Trump's got other issues to deal with. I think there's a couple of interesting options that are being quietly promoted in the Democratic Party. We'll talk about one of them here shortly. The other one I mentioned last week, the governor of California is seriously looking at a run for the presidency on the Democratic Party, of course. Of course, he's a guy that's totally screwed up California, so we know he's got experience in screwing everything up. He's a part of. I published a piece on Federal Observer the other day titled, An Open Border is an Open Invitation to Terror. His opening comment was, if 19 terrorists can inflict $8 trillion worth of damage on this country, imagine what 300 terrorists could do. The author specifically talks about nine eleven. He said, with no regard to the danger, this White House has thrown open the gates to a stampede of evildoers. Almost 300 people from the terror watch list have already been caught, but have they been kept? Just last week, a Pakistani national that Border Patrol captured in November was found wandering around Los Angeles after his January release. Stunning the immigration officials who said, imagine how many cases like this one get through without us knowing. In most cases, it takes more than three months for an agency to determine if someone is, was a known suspected terrorist. Who knows how many after the fact realizations were made after releasing someone into the country. We may never know until they are encountered by law enforcement at a later date. Very well after it's too late. Now, I'm not going to share any more of that story. But I know that in that story, he makes reference to 9-11. Whether we believe other than the story we were told or not is not the issue. And as I went through my Library of photographs which exceeds 11,000 images on just the Federal Observer alone. I just typed in the numbers 911 and up popped various different 911 pictures that I've had. Not that many of them, but one of them took me by absolute surprise. I'd forgotten I had it. It was a post that was made on. I don't know. Shaquille O'Neal's page. Blog.shack.com. And in it, he says, this might make you think twice. What do you think? Never forget. Remember 911. And underneath... He says a close up video was discovered of 911. You won't believe what it shows. And Shaquille O'Neal said September 11, 2001 was one of the worst days in American history. Thousands of lives were lost, both in the attacks and after, during the war. And there's been talk. That picture said so much with Shaq's statements. It's amazing. All right, so now we talked about Gavin. What's his face? You know, that's um, what's her name's nephew, Nancy P. Lousy. But there might be another surprise coming forward, Michael. I mean, what's a Democrat to do? Biden's poll numbers seem set in quicksand. Now the special counsel's justification for not recommending charges against Biden for having willfully retained and disclosed classified materials is damning. Biden's memory has such significant limitations that the special counsel believed he could not convince a jury that Biden as a mental case of willfulness or that a serious felony or presumably serving as president requires. Cue the campaign commercials. No, my friends, salvation lies in the Democratic National Committee rules. Remember the New Jersey switcheroo back in ought two? when Democrats turned a sure loss of a Senate seat into a win by swapping out their losing candidate at the last minute, overriding a state law that said it was too late in the cycle for such a switch. Democrats are always overriding the laws. But bet on the Democrats to pull the same switcheroo, but at a much, much higher level. And even later than we would expect. But possibly at, but more likely, about two weeks after their convention. Giving us a September surprise. Joe Biden is a placeholder. Quelling current competition for a much better bet. Michael. Or sometimes known as Michelle. Michelle. Obama just in time to turn a sure loss into 2004 into a 2024 into surprise potential victory oh Tosh you say BS you say she said she hates politics she doesn't want to run Oh, come on. She made every one of those statements before she got to see Biden redefining the job and expectations for the presidency. Now she knows that when the media wants a president in place, a four-day work week consisting of one social obligation per day and everything else delegated will suffice. And that's without a highly experienced first gentleman. Pure lunacy, said Carl Rove, speaking to a broadcasting host, Stuart Varney on Fox, about the possibility of a Moose Obama candidacy. People would say, well, you know what? That's Barack Obama going for a third term. They wouldn't go for it. Uh, wake up. Barack Obama's already in his third term. And besides, the public, whether they're legitimate voters or not, they, they'd supply, it, they'd support. It. Let's remember that the received wisdom from the GOP professional class was that Obama couldn't possibly get the nomination in ought eight. Or that once he did, that he couldn't win and that he would lose in 2012. <laughs> you yeah, apparently that underestimation persists. I mean, swapping out candidates so close to an election isn't as rare a thing as you might think. In that very same 2002 election cycle, for instance, Minnesota Democrats had to replace their Senate candidate, one incumbent Paul Wellstone, after he was killed in a plane crash just days before the election. And almost exactly two years earlier, Missouri Democrats had to replace Governor Mel Carnahan, their candidate for the U.S. Senate, in late October, when he died in a plane crash. Huh? Interesting that they always seem to die in plane crashes. Oh, well. As the New Jersey case proved, the closer you can get to Election Day before making the switch, better chance you'll have. Less time for the other side, Duke, and... Conduct new opposition research, or do some polling, or figure out a new strategy, and create a new advertising campaign. Less time, too, that the replacement candidate needs to actually campaign. Oh, come on, people. The switch could easily be done at the convention, but that requires 300 delegate signatures and would open the door to a lot of politicking over several weeks by other potential candidates. I mean, it would make 68 look like a picnic and potentially put Mooshell in the grubby position of seeking support just like everyone else. But should Biden be incentivized to suddenly declare a new health issue that leads him to announce, oh, a week or two after the convention, that, well, he'll continue his term but will not be running? And suddenly we'd have one of those crises that should not be wasted. And rising above it all and quelling the haggling Moose with her 91% popularity among Democrats and 68% nationally when she left the White House, and of course with Obama doing the fundraising and political network and job experience, can accede when pressed for the good of the country to graciously accept her ...grateful party's nomination. Now, the challenge, of course, would be to navigate the various obscure state laws... ...setting hard to determine deadlines for ballots... ...in time to be printed and mailed to voters overseas. In sum, as Washington, D.C.-based election lawyer... ...Ronald Jacobs helped to unpack... ...while party rules dictate how the nominee is selected... State law dictates when the party can make that change. And for many states, those laws are woefully unclear, my friends. And even where the law is clear, a court could step in and has to force the state to change as they did in New Jersey. Now, past legal rulings seem to indicate that August 27th is not the problem, but October 1st, maybe too late. Though the likelihood of any court having the fortitude to tell half the country their nominee can't be on the ballot seems unlikely, figure two plus weeks after the convention to be the last safe opportunity to switch. DNC rules that apply are actually rather simple. Article 3, Section 1 of the Charter and Bylaws of the Democratic Party says that the Democrat national committee shall have general responsibility for the affairs of the democratic party between national conventions. And this responsibility shall include filling vacancies in the nominations for the office of president and vice president. And the chairman confers with democratic congressional leadership and the democratic governor's association and takes the decision to all 483 democratic national committee members to vote on. Hey, it's been done before folks. 1972, Democrats realized weeks after their nominating convention that the man they had nominated for VP, Missouri Senator Tom Eagleton, had undergone shock therapy a decade earlier. Eagleton withdrew from the ticket, thereby creating a vacancy, and left it to the DNC to choose a replacement. McGovern finally got Kennedy in law, Sergeant Shriver, to agree to what became a suicide mission. And so the Eagleton Shriver swap was a poorly run thing, catch as catch can, with the presidential candidate always running a day behind the news. But Michelle Obama's entry into the ought for campaign as Biden's replacement would be handled in a far more professional manner. Why, Michelle? It would make no sense for Biden to remove himself from the ticket in order to simply elevate, come on, want to swallow Harris. The point of the whole exercise is to win. Michelle Obama may in fact be the only potential candidate who could safely replace a black woman on the Democratic ticket without causing a major political disruption inside a core Democrat voter group. Replace a black woman? Who's the black woman? Kamala Harris? Eh, okay. But let's not forget, Michelle is Teflon. A popular celebrity with a little track record, and the guarantee that any criticism will elicit a chorus of racist or sexist accusations. She is by far the hardest candidate for Trump to beat. I mean, Mrs. Obama's been acting for several years as though she's rebranding for the gig... Her book launch looked nothing like a book tour, but a reintroduction complete with billboards and sell-out celebrity interview performances of the new Oprah-Eyes-Smiling-Hey-Girlfriend-Loving-America-Michelle. A few weeks ago, she said publicly she was terrified about the potential results of the election, saying that her fears of the possible outcomes keep her awake at night. And just recently, an entire special edition of Life Magazine about the inspiring Michelle Obama parked itself for 15 bucks at your nearest supermarket checkout line. And the cover may say, the post-White House phenomenon. But everything post-White House is confined to five paragraphs in the first introductory pages, while the rest of the 112 glossy pages are one-third backstory, two-thirds Michelle in the White House. Looking presidential last page is Michelle on stage at the 2016 convention, solo, all by herself, looking like she's just received a nomination, and under the heading, crowd-pleaser. And on the back cover of the Obamas at their second inaugural ball, with President Obama bowing to the stately Michelle. And so, America, I give you Madame President Michelle Obama. Oh, the story goes on. What do these bettors know that American pundits don't? Yeah. Name of the article. September Surprise. Michael. We don't get it, do we? The scam has been laid. There's so much more. There's so many headlines I've got published on Federal Observer to the point that I'm doing more headlines and more introductions to articles that are well worth reading. Top Democrat calls it quits and sends out shocking resignation letter. Biden insists that the disastrous Afghanistan pullout that killed 13 U.S. troops wasn't a mistake. America's wasting over a trillion dollars in green programs. Alejandro Mayorkas on the border says, we don't bear responsibility for a broken system. The hell you don't. It goes on and on and on. A couple of interesting videos. A 10-second Biden brain freeze. A broken promise. The guy just freezes up. Absolutely freezes up. Got another, another video, Biden cognitive test results, try not to laugh. It's been done kind of satirically. We're losing the game, folks. We are losing the game. <laughs> Hang on. I just need to know the time on this thing, honey. Second hour. We're going to uh, momentarily disconnect. We're finding that we've got an issue. And at the end of our hour, we disconnect and reconnect. A lot of stuff going on. Oh, okay. We got two minutes. Thanks. And it will disconnect and reconnect, right, honey? There's a lot going on, people. Better headline down lower. House Republicans are giving up on Congress despite holding the majority. This place is so broken. Gee, yeah, it's broken all right. U.S. now has an 85... 85- Percent chance of recession this year. The highest probability since the great financial crisis. This is the kind of stuff we're looking at. We're going to cover some more stuff next hour in a different direction. Some economic discussion, etc., etc. So I hope you'll stay with us. We've thrown a lot at you this hour. It's purpose... Just to make you think outside the bag or the bucket or the back seat of your car, unless you're getting lucky, uh, both of you. <laughs> I don't know, folks. Stick around. You're going to have to wait and see what happens when they realize what's really happening to the economy. Be back with you.
0: How many seas must the white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? Isn't how many times must the cannon balls fly before the forever band? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Yes, and how many years can a mountain exist before it is washed to the sea? Yes, and how many years?
1: You're listening to Real Talk Radio, only on the Republic Broadcasting Network.